It is fantastic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Overtime Podcast presented by the Colfer Report. I'm one of two co-hosts, Clayton Garrett. You can find me on Twitter at CFRCLAYTON. And joining me, as always, Jeff Uvino. You can find me on Twitter, R-E-A-L-J-U-V-E-I-N-O. Well, the Bills are coming off of their fourth loss of the season after losing to the Baltimore Ravens in a close, tough-fought loss, I believe, after losing 24-17. to Now, before we really get into it, Jeff, I want to hear your overall thoughts after this game. Well, I'm not upset. You know, it, it, it always stings when you lose a close game. And, you know, you think what could have been. And if one play would have gone your way or, or you know, you would have gotten a break or a different call, then the outcome would have been different. But I can't be upset after losing to the hottest team in the league by a score. And what really gave me the most – hope or the most positive outlook was the Bills offense putting up a fight at the end. When the Ravens scored their third touchdown, it looked like, okay, we're just going to lay down and die now. And that's what a lot of teams would have done, but they went down, they scored. I wouldn't have gone for two there, but that's a whole nother discussion. They got it. They were, got it within one score and they had, they had the ball with a chance to win the game. You know, you go down and score, you go for two again, you get it, you win. I mean, I, I find the Bills and I score a third touchdown. I'm going for it to beat them right there. I'm not taking my chance with overtime. So I can't be upset with what happened. You know, I, we both picked the Ravens. Or did you pick the Bills? You picked the Bills. I had to pick the Bills, but I guess this competition's pretty much over <laughs> I picked the Ravens because I expected them to win. You know, they're, hot, they're the hottest team in the league, and until somebody beats them, they're going to be the hottest team in the league and maybe the best. And so I can't really be upset with, first of all, how the Bills' defense played and finishing within a score of them. I mean, overall, I – I'll get into some specifics here in a minute, but overall, the way I saw it was either the Bills were going to beat the best team in football or they were going to lose to the best team in football. Yeah. There is everything to brag about. If you beat the best team in football, you can say this, that, and the third about the football team. You have this to boast about, that to boast about, whatever. But you lose to the best team in football. Okay, you're one of how many teams now? Nine? They've they've won nine in a row after that? Yeah. I mean – if I'm a Ravens fan during that game, I'm nervous because the bill, like you mentioned, the bills didn't lay down. They didn't lay down and die. It was very encouraging to see the bills offense have some sort of life after that touchdown. Now the second half woes were just, it, it, it was impressive to see this game, not really get out of hand. If I'm being honest, because coming into this game, I said one of the keys to the because vic- keys to victory on the offensive side of the ball was to sustain drives grounded pound throughout the game. And, keep that offense off the field at halftime. It was pretty close as far as time possession was concerned, but the bills came out in the second half with three consecutive three and outs. I was shocked that this game was not getting out of the hand with the, but, but with as good as the bills defense was playing. And I, some people want to put this loss on the defense, which I, we'll get into it, but I just can't everyone. Th- this is the first loss that was because of how bad the offense was that literally everybody got beat. I cannot, I cannot place this loss on any individual like I could with previous losses. I can't say, well, Brian Dable, he had a bad game plan. Well, Josh Allen had a bad game. Well, the offensive line had a bad game. The Bills, the Bills wide receivers have a bad game. It's all the above this week. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the offensive line couldn't block. Josh Allen was missing open receivers. Brian Dable had a very, kind of a questionable game plan. I'm not, 
this loss isn't as much on him as the others that I've talked about on previous episodes, but Brian Dable could have had a better game plan and the receivers couldn't get open. This loss is on the entire offensive personnel. Yeah, and you and I talked about this earlier this week that this reminded us a lot of the Patriots game. I think it reminded me, I felt exactly like I did during the Patriots game until the end when the Bills offense started to show some life because, you know, for the majority of game of the game, it was, okay, it's close, but the offense can't get anything going. So, therefore, a 10-point lead seems like a 25-point lead where, as in the end, you know, they, they got something going and they kept and they fought back, and that was different than what happened in the New England game when they, when they uh, only scored 10 points. But you're completely right about there not being any specific person to blame on offense. It was, I think that Bill's people in Bill's circles as a whole can agree that blame was kind of on everyone. You know, Allen missed some throws that he should have made, you know, that I, I wasn't, I, I didn't dislike the play calling. I thought that they had a couple, they got some receivers open in the first half that Allen missed some throws and there were some drops too. You know, you can't underwrite the drops. So I'm, you know, I'm putting it on the offense as a whole. Also, I think that if people are blaming the defense for the loss, then that's just delusional. That's lu- that's ludicrous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you held them to 24 points. What do you? I, I know that's a lot, but what do you want? They average over 30. Yeah, and what do you, what do you want? And you look at the total yards that they gained. Jackson rushed for what 40 yards, and he threw for. 100 and 160 maybe he had less than 200 total yards the MVP Allen, i think Allen outpassed jackson did he i think he had more passing yards i wouldn't I be surprised it was close like, i mean he, lamar had 40 rushing yards and josh had like 10 but the only he, only thing i could really say about brian dable was the game plan surprised me but at the same time i couldn't say anything about the play calling on going for shots on third and longer than seven i can't say anything about that because guess what Every single time there was somebody open. Yeah. The receiver was open. Josh just missed the throw. That's what I'm talking about. He got guys open in the first half. And that's something that's one of, that's been one of our main knocks of Dable this year is his play calling isn't aggressive enough to get receivers open. You know, we don't want to, a lot of people don't want to blame Allen for these things. They say, okay, nobody was open. If he takes a coverage sack, he's forced to run. They got, they had good play calling. They got guys open this week, very similar to what they did against Dallas when they found success throwing the ball down the field, guys were open. Beasley tore them up. And it was evident again today, or excuse me, on Sunday, that they had guys open, but Allen just didn't hit them. It, it was more so in the first half. I didn't, feel yeah. as, I didn't feel the same way in the second half because I felt like that the offense was kind of going back to their original roots. And this just goes to show you that I think TJ Yeldon should be active. I, I understand I sound like a broken record because I'm going to talk about literally every, things that I have talked about on every episode, not every episode, but other episodes. TJ Yeldon should be active. And, and I think you alluded to it last week on last episode of why and how we think TJ Yeldon should be active. But let's look, at, let's look at some situations here. They blitzed just about every single play. They were running cover zero just about every single play. And yes, people can say, oh, he has Cole Beasley for an outlet. Okay. But I see Frank Gore getting split out. I see Devin Singletary getting split out. Is Devin Singletary a good athlete and a a good player for this offense that you should try and be – that should be the workload back? Yes. But his strong suit is not catching the ball on the backfield. There's a difference between being able to do it and being really good at it. And I'll tell you right now, TJ Yeldon is really good at it. And he has 11 targets this season. And I don't know what it is. 
the, I think I think the book is out on Allen on how teams are going to have an easier time trying to stop him. And that's run man coverage, blitz. And if you have good corners that can run man coverage, you, you'll be okay. Because either the Bills receivers won't get open or Josh Allen will make a bad decision after getting flustered out of the pocket. Now, that's not me saying that Josh Allen has weak points. Of course, he, or that's not me saying that Josh Allen or finding fault with Josh Allen for having weak points. Of course, he's going to have weak points. He's a second-year quarterback. But my point is there are things that the offense can be doing to help Josh Allen that they aren't. And, starting, and, and activating T.J. Yeldon is a good start to helping him on these third downs that he is continuously getting blitzed on. And Allen making those adjustments, though, is the next step in, in his improvement. And, you know, in him moving along here in his career, it, you know, the league is going to adjust to you. The amount of film that's watched these days, the amount of resources that are available, the teams, they're going to have a good plan to stop you, and you need to adapt. It's the same thing like it is in baseball, you know. I mean, pitchers come in, they're so good to start, and then the league has the book on them, and they have to make adjustments. It's the same exact thing in football. And if Allen is going to progress here – more to the end of the year, he's going to have to figure that out because the Steelers are going to be coming for him this coming week. Right. That's the, that's another thing that's really concerning is, well, the Steelers, they just so happen to lead the league in sacks. And that's why, I mean, the, the offensive line, you can say the offensive line had a really bad day because I think they did. They had a lot of miscommunications up front, and that ultimately led to Allen being brought down for, what, six sacks? Yeah. He, he, he was sacked six times this week. That's crazy. And – while that's due in part to the offensive line, it, the, the, the offense didn't do anything to force that defense to play honest. And I've talked about this on other shows where we see Josh Allen just getting blitzed to hell on almost every single play. The play calling did nothing to force them to be honest. I mean, they tried to run a screenplay, but what kind of screens are those? You're just dumping it to Isaiah McKenzie and, okay, Marcus Peters is going to come up and wrap him up. All right, yeah. let's run a screenplay. Like, no, that's not – this is not Brian Dable's offense. Brian Dable calling screens. I, I've seen two that have worked all year. He's not a good designer of screenplays. Well, and even the commentators on the game were saying that they should start to run some screens. I, I don't like the whole throw. I don't like the wide receiver screen where the receivers have to stalk block and then the guards behind them. Get the fat guys out there and run behind the fat guys. I mean, we see it work for other teams all the time, you know, but I mean, that, you need some Chan Gailey screens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean in all seriousness, run run a draw, run run something to force that defense to play. Well, honestly. they ran that draw a million times. The draw, the, the Bills the Bills ran the draw. We're watching the same game. The Bills ran the draw out of shotgun a ton of times or out of the pistol. But they didn't do it at opportun opportunity. Well, they ran it like five times, times in a row on that drive. The drive in the second half where they started actually moving the ball, they ran that same draw probably five times on that drive. Oh, are you talking about the one that they got? inside the red zone yeah and they kicked a field goal yeah i that's another thing that they, they, they got Devin singletary having a lot of momentum it, he was the entire offense that drive i think they i think there was a graphic across the screen saying they what ran it nine plays in a row yeah and then and as soon as they like started six, throwing six draws all out of the shotgun which i don't i don't i'm not a big fan of that play because i like to get the receivers or the running backs feet moving you know i mean i mean i'm not a big fan of that play either but it it, it showed you that running the ball was what was working for this offense. That was, that was pretty much the only thing I liked to see that, that game was they were down 24 to nine and they stuck to their guns and they were running the football down the field. And that's what was working. Oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. That was the, that was possession beforehand. That was before they went up 24, nine, but I mean, just overall for this offense, it, 
it fell apart in just about every way it could. The line wasn't blocking. The receivers couldn't get open. And go back to that fourth and nine player, fourth and goal, whatever it was at the end of the game. You see John Brown, and he couldn't get open against Marcus Peters. This is the game where it is just so obvious that the Bills need another target. They need a number one receiver. They need a threat. They need somebody opposite John Brown that a team is going to respect. I'm not saying that that's not currently on this roster but for, for future seasons, but what I am saying is it's not on this roster right now. You don't have that alpha in the room that, okay, we need a play. This ball is going to him. We need a play. This ball is going to Randy Moss. It's going to Calvin Johnson. It's going to DeAndre Hopkins. It's going, it, it's going to Antonio Brown. You don't have that guy on your team right now. And this, this, this team so badly needs it. And is, isn't it too late, though? You know, like, who are you going to get at this point? You know, I mean, unless you have to do it from within. I mean, and you don't I, have anybody from within. You, you hear people – some people like to joke about it and say that it's ridiculous or hyperbolic to say that the, that the Bills should have signed Josh Gordon or should have traded for somebody at the trade deadline, should, have, should sign Antonio Brown right now. I can tell you right now, for as crazy as Antonio Brown is, I wouldn't mind bringing him to the Bills at all. Because, it, I mean, some people might want to say, oh, he's a cancer. He's going to ruin the culture. Well, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have had three seasons of acquisitions and getting rid of players to establish the, the, the foundation and the nucleus to build this culture. I'm not saying that the culture is bogus because I have praised it in other shows, but they have had three years of acquisitions are acquiring players to build their culture. Mm-hmm. If one addition ruins that for however many more weeks that they have to play four or five more games or five, four or five more weeks, if one player ruins that, then I think we need to start questioning the, the, the quality of this culture. Because if you add Antonio Brown to this team, it's a, it's a whole new ball game at that point for this offense. That's fair. You know, that's fair to the idea that one player wouldn't disrupt the culture, but Antonio Brown specifically, he's just a distraction. And then you got the media coming after you and they're not asking you about anything, but Antonio Brown, you get sick of hearing about him. Everything's put in the spotlight, micromanaged with Brown. But I think that a lot of people will look at that, like what you said, look at that play, the John Brown and say, if we had a number one receiver, he would have caught that. And that's fair to do, but to me, taking taking that too far, taking that to heart is is kind of, you know, I don't know if it's hyperbolic, but I'm not going to put too much weight on that play. You know, I mean, I think Brown should have made that catch. If the ball was out, was out in front of him a little more, I think he would have made the catch. But I'm not going to sit there and look at that and say, oh, the Bills need another receiver. Not that people are wrong for doing so, but I, I guess that's just not what I, this is not me. You know, that's just not what I get out of that. I think that if you're going to do it in the offseason, fine. But I think that the Bills have come this far with the team they have now, and I'm confident in the guys. You know, I mean, I'm confident in the guys they have. Am I wrong for that? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I don't think it – honestly, the time to, to improve the wide receiver position for the 2019 season, I think it's coming past. Yeah. I don't think they're going to – I agree. If, if they've come I this agree. far – go ahead. I think that that's why I put that thought on the back burner. You know, I, that's right. just, I, that's not even a discussion anymore. I feel like, you know, the, it's week 15. It's come, we're going to week 15. You know, you got your guys, you got your horses and you got to run with them. Right. That, it's not really going to, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that they, 
if they didn't have any kind of desire to improve that spot when I wouldn't say easy, but when they probably could have at the trade deadline mm-hmm. or when Josh Gordon was released, then I don't think they're going to do it at this point. I'm just, it just, it's not just that play where it's obvious it's against teams that are deeper in the secondary against teams like Baltimore against teams like, like uh, the new England Patriots where they're not just one corner deep. You think of what the Baltimore Ravens have back there. You got Jimmy Smith, you got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Those are three really talented cornerbacks. And then you have an underrated Chuck Clark and Earl Thomas playing the two safeties. So that's a really good secondary. Yeah. And when you have, I'm not saying Cole Beasley and John Brown aren't bad. I'm saying John Brown, he, while he has been the best receiver this team has had since Sammy Watkins got traded, just look at the numbers he's putting up. He has been insanely good for this football team. And I think there's all sorts of factors that go into that. But it is also obvious that the game would open up far much more for him if they acquired an opposite threat to play on the opposite side of the field for him or on the opposite side of the field with him. Yeah. Because it, it would open up the entire offense. It, it would. would but I, and I think, I think that's something that should be addressed in the offseason, though. Right. And the thing, about, the thing about football is it doesn't always work out like you think it's going to. It's different than other sports. You know, they brought in Benjamin, and he was supposed to be the solution. You know, he was gonna, they were going to push the playoffs. Here you got your big six-foot-five wide out who's going to jump up and, and can catch post corners in the end zone, and it didn't work out. Right. You know, just because you've got a big-name player doesn't mean they're, they're going to be on top of the world. You know, it, it's, it, it's different in football like that for some reason. You know what it's I'm understandable. I mean, it, in all honesty, the time has come and passed for that move to yeah. be made. And it's, it's frustrating watching this Bills defense just – I mean, let, let, let's get into it real quick about this Bills defense. You look at what they did. They held the MVP frontrunner to less than 200 total yards, and they held an offense that's averaging over 30 points per game to just 24. They did more than enough. They did more than their fair share of efforts in this game for this game to be winnable for this football team. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson's stat line tells the story for the Bills defense. You know, we've heard so much about him, and deservedly so, but look at his stat line. Go, if you're, if you're listening, go – Google it. Go on your ESPN or Yahoo Fantasy app and type in Lamar Jackson and see how many fantasy points he put up. He didn't have a great game, you know, and the Bills really did a good job of damage control. You know, you're not going to completely shut them down, but they did a great job of damage control, and I believe that's what you have to do against a great player. And and it's tip of the hat to the Bills, to the secondary too. You know, it's in Baltimore's offense is a different animal, not just because of Jackson, but because of the way they come at you. You know, they run the ball hard with Ingram. They've got a billion tight ends. Jeez, I, only I mean, 118 I, rushing yards. Yeah, but they had, and yeah, but they don't, they don't really have an outside threat. I mean, that Brown, Hollywood Brown, whatever. But they really try to throw the ball to the tight ends, and it seemed like they had a million different tight ends on their roster. And they go heavy a lot. You know, Jackson um, with the RPO is tough. It's a different animal. And kudos to them, and kudos to Leslie Frazier for having them prepared to to kind of stop a different kind of animal this week. Right, and. I touched on it like 118 rushing yards. That's what they held that team to. I mean, they, they talked about it during the broadcast of the last time Mark Ingram went to Buffalo. He had a buck 30 and three touchdowns. And that was the game where the saints had almost 300 rushing yards. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson, he, he has over a thousand rushing yards back there playing quarterback this season. Yeah. This was an offense that averaged over 200 rushing yards per game. And the bills had them to 118. I have talked about, 
the concerns of the rush defense week after week on this podcast. I'm not saying that it's definitely fixed, but that was probably the most encouraging performance that we could have asked for going into that game. When you face those teams that have those elite running backs, and I'm not saying they have an elite running back, but this is the best rushing attack in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So the fact, the mere fact that the Bills held them to 118 yards rushing is really what kept this team, kept the Bills in the game. You can say what you will about the one broken play, but the efforts against the ground or against the rushing attack of the Baltimore Ravens is single-handedly what kept this game in reach for almost for, for four quarters. And we talked about the Bills' defensive line a lot on last week's show, and they had a great game. You know, they they really helped them. I thought Star Latula had a good game. Yeah. Which he's he's been playing better lately. You know, we love to crap on him earlier in the year. He's been playing well the last few weeks. You know, he's he's probably taken to heart. I'm sure he's heard the criticism. You know, those guys hear what people say about him. You know, and he, he he's improved. Um, and they they had a great game. And um, I mentioned the the fantasy. Jackson had the second fewest fantasy points that he's put up all season against the Bills. He had. I mean. Nine, that, 19, that's 28 probably, points, second probably, fewest all year. That's probably the best job a defense has done against Lamar Jackson in a game where there wasn't inclement weather. Yeah. Like, in all honesty. And you talk about Starlet Tule having a good game. So did Corey Legit, and so did Shaq Lawson. The Bills' defensive line overall, that's what made the difference. I mean, we talk about a rush defense, and we talk about the problems that the Bills have had in previous games. It's really been about gap integrity and maintaining assignments when you play a quarterback like that when you play a quarterback that's always on the move that's rushing all over the field that can beat you with his legs the rule of thumb is to always stay home and when you watch this game when you watch the tape you're going to see a lot of players having good gap integrity good gap integrity and maintaining their assignment on the play and everybody doing their 111th is what overall led to this what, what overall what led to the defense having a solid performance against the MVP front runner. So you're giving uh, Shaq Lawson a contract now? Oh boy. <laughs> how much how much money are we talking? Oh probably not as much as he wants. If you get if you got any sense. I'd oh, I'd sure he wants a lot I'd of give money. A, I'd give him a lot of money, you know. Seven and a half million. I think seven and a half million is a fair number. Here's my next point that we're gonna relate to fantasy football. I said that the Bills held Jackson to his second fewest points of the year. Quiz here, quick, quick pop quiz for you here. Who was the team that held them to the fewest? Steelers, correct. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. So, I mean, you can draw, draw, draw comparisons, everything there, you know. And so it's 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 going to be a tough week this week. It is, and it's for we're we're gonna go through a playoff outlook here for the Bills, and it's pretty much down and simple. If the Bills take care of business this week on Sunday Night Football. They're in the playoffs. Week but, 15. You know, when's the last time we had to say that? Week 15 if the Bills win, they're in. We should have said that. We could have said that week 14. We couldn't. Say, yeah, everything that needed. Everything the, happened, yeah. Everything that needed to happen for the Bills to make the playoffs in week 14 happened except the Bills winning their football game. I'm sorry to point that out for you if you didn't already know that. But. What it, where it really gets hairy is if the Bills lose this game. If the Bills lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'll get, we'll get into our keys to victory and our predictions later on. But it's going to get hairy if they lose this football game. It's going to be very dicey when you have teams like the Titans coming up and they're going neck and neck with Houston. To, to, 
here's Tennessee right now. They're eight and five, having to play Houston twice in New Orleans. And they have to play in New Orleans. And then Houston, they have to play Tennessee twice, and they have to play Tampa Bay. So both of those teams are really going to dictate their own, their own destinies and really going to see who does and who doesn't make the playoffs. I'm just concerned of who does, whoever doesn't win that division, that's where my worry comes, in, comes into play. Mm-hmm. If you're Buffalo, though, I mean, if we're talking about just Buffalo right now, it's on the table. You just got to – you got to. You have to. You have to win one of the next three games. Absolutely inexcusable if they don't. And if the Bills, the Bills lose out, how catastrophic – of a collapse would that be? I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about nine and three. A win on Thanksgiving, you're on top of the world. You lose four in a row and you have the jets at home for one of them. The jets who I don't care if they play well, some weeks, they're not good. They're not, they're not a great football team. And if you're a football team in the bills, you just have to take care of business and find a way to beat them. It absolutely cannot happen. I'm, I'm going to get sick really fast of people playing out playoff scenarios especially if the Bills lose this week, people are going to say, oh, well, you know, they can make it in with nine wins if this, this, and this happens. You need to win a damn 10th game. We've talked all season the path to 10 wins and what had to happen. You know, we said you either need to win at Dallas or at the Steelers would, would really help, right? They won at Dallas. They took care of business in all of the games that they played against the quote-unquote bad teams, which they, are, which they are bad, to be fair. They took care of business in all of those games. They won at Dallas. You're in the driver's seat. If you it, just do it, you just win this week. I don't see any reason why the Bills can't win this week at, at Pittsburgh. You know, it's not like they're it's not like they're the Ravens who we just played. You know, I, mean, I don't see why they can't win this game either. And we'll get and all we'll I, get all I have to say, moment. all I have to say, sorry to cut you off, but all I have to say is win one football game. It's not that difficult to win one of these three games. You have to. You absolutely have to. If people tweet at me or say to me, you know, what what are the are the Bills going to win this week? What are they going to do if they lose? You know, what what game are they going to win? Win one of them. I don't give a shit which one it is. Just win one of the games. Win one of the next three games. You can't lose four in a row to end the season with your schedule. Playing just, the Jets. You, you, you can't enter these last two games having nine wins and needing to be either the Patriots or the Jets. I understand – like, yeah, you need to beat the Jets. If you're a playoff football team, you need to beat the Jets. But I'm not the only one that remembers Ryan Fitzpatrick and the New York Jets coming to Buffalo with 10 wins. All they needed to do was beat the Bills, the lowly Bills that year that missed the playoffs, and the Bills dominated and won and knocked the, play, knocked the Jets out of the playoffs. I'm, the Bills have to win this game. It's a When's must. This is a must win. I mean, the, you, can, you can't game? do that. The Steelers yes. game? Yes, the Steelers yeah, game I'm is not, a must I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm, I'm going to say, Jeff, we, we have watched this football team piss down their legs for 20 years. I am not yeah. comfortable walking into the last two weeks of the season having to either beat New England, who we all know how hard they are to beat in this month of the year yeah, in, that, in that building, yeah. or the Jets, who are streaky as can be, who can beat the piss out of a team one week, and then do the exact opposite the next. I am not comfortable if they do not win this game. It is a must win just, just, for, just for my sanity. It, has, it is a must win this week because you win, you're in. It, it doesn't get much more simpler than that. If you lose this game, it's, it's going to get really dicey because you've got the, the four teams I want to highlight. I already mentioned two of them, the Titans and the, and the Texans, but then you've got Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And the reason I want to outline Baltimore is – 
Yes, they're 11 and two, but their their next two games they have to play the Jets and the Browns. So that means they're likely going to sit at 13 and two in Week 17. If they have a first round buy buy going into Week 17, what's stopping them from benching their play their starting players that week as they play the Pittsburgh Steelers? I would not be shocked if they benched them if they had a first round buy clinched at that spot, and then the Steelers. If the, the Steelers, they have the Bills, the Jets, and the Ravens. If the Steelers went out, they're 11-5. and five. It's, it's going to get dicey if the Bills lose this game. That's all so, I'm going to say. So, okay, but the thing is, I, the Steelers and Bills can both get in. I mean, I know you have Tennessee, who, Tennessee, who is at 8-5 um, as well, excuse mm-hmm. me, right? And um, – and the rate oh yeah, the Raiders are six and seven. So there's three teams, and two of them are gonna get in wild card. Realistically, realistically, none of these three teams are gonna win the division. I know that people are saying the Bills could win the division. I even wrote about it, saying that isn't it crazy we're having this conversation? But division aside, there's three teams, two of them are gonna get in. If you're the Bills, obviously you just need to win one. You know, I mean, you already beat the Titans, so you have the tiebreaker over them. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, you beat the Steelers. All your problems are solved. You have tiebreaker over them. You're in, blah, blah, blah. If you lose, it gets hairy because you're tied with Pittsburgh, and they have the tiebreaker because they beat you, you know? And then you do have to win. You have to win one of those last two. But I just I just can't put any thought into into thinking that, that they won't get in. You know, I, I if, they, if the Bills lose the next two games, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to beat the Jets. Week 17. I know that you're more apprehensive. Uh, I know a lot of people will be apprehensive. And, yes, I will be scared for that game. But I just can't imagine that happening. Four in a row with McDermott. I just can't imagine that happening. I mean, and I also disagree with you calling this a must-win. If I call the game a must-win this this season, I'm trying – that's what I was trying to think about. If I call the – You call the Broncos a must-win. Yeah, that that one – that one was because (laughs) they were horrible. I know they obliterated the Texans. This week was a possible playoff opponent for the Bills. Could play the Texans. Wouldn't that be awesome? Play at the Texans the first round. I'm taking that all the way. But we won't get ahead of ourselves. I don't think this is a must win because I'm confident in beating the Jets. You know, I mean, it's the whole, it, it's not, and it's not even a trap game because you, if you come into that and you have to win, then I don't know how you could be any more motivated than that. But I'm not right. calling this a must win because I'm not putting winning at New England out of the question. I don't think it's likely, but the way they've played if Allen has a good enough game, I think they can beat them based on what we've seen and how, what we saw last time. You know, Allen's, Allen's better than he was the first time they played New England. I don't, I don't know about that. I, he's, I better. He he's better. He's we better. Saw that, we saw that Baltimore defense do very similar things to him that New England did. They regressed. The offense did regress this week. That's the, that's the word I really want to say. They regressed from where they were. They had a lot of momentum building up and they took a step back. But I think that, I don't, I don't, but I'm not putting beating New England out of the question. I don't think it's going to happen. But if you lose the next two games, I'm not worried about beating the Jets. The Jets are bad in my mind. I don't care that they have five wins. They're not good. Darnold is not good right now. Five, they're five and eight. The Jets are five and eight, aren't they? How the hell do they have five wins? Yeah. No, no, you're right. They have five wins. I can't believe the Jets are five and eight, but I don't care. I don't care if they finish, if they are seven and eight going into that game. We're better than them. The Bills are better than the Jets. I mean, it's just it. You know, you, you you mentioned something interesting that I want to ask you. If you had to pick an opponent in the first round of the playoffs for the Bills, I'll give you three options: Baltimore, 
Kansas City or Houston? Where where are you going? In the well, I'm sure as hell not play? saying Baltimore because we'll say New England. New England. How about New England? Ooh. Which of those four teams would you like to play in the first round? Or in the first round? No, oh, no, they can't play New England. Never mind. So Kansas City, Baltimore, or Houston? Well, I'm going to take into consideration where this is at. You know, they're gonna they're all going to be away games. Yeah, no I, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying, I don't feel like Houston is that hostile of an environment i'd rather go into there than i would arrowhead stadium oh jesus i'm not gonna want to go in there and listen to that damn chop for three and a half hours if the bills had to go to arrowhead in the first round of the playoffs my goodness it's that'd over. be a very tough introduction to the playoffs for josh allen how about this that. how about this scenario somehow the bills finish nine and seven and get in there than six six seed and then you play the three which would be the chiefs that, that's possible, but assuming to. you get, you got to get the five. You got to get the five. I think it's Houston. Got to get the five. And I want, I would want Houston. I'm not, I'm not scared of Houston on the road. I know they beat the Patriots there, but then they just lost to the Broncos there, which proves McDermott's thing. It's a week to week league, blah blah blah. But I'm taking Houston without question. You know, I've I've said all along, I'll take the winner of the AFC South. We thought for a while it might be the Colts. You know, obviously, we hoped it was the Colts. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. They're six and seven. Right. If it's Tennessee, I mean, do you beat I don't them again? Play, I don't want to play the Titans. I yeah, do not want to play the do Titans. Do you beat them again, though? I don't know I, if you beat them again. I don't know if you – it was it was a real close game. We didn't really know what the Bills were you, It was game. a real close game where, you, where the opposing team missed four field goals, and yeah. they have an entirely new starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. If the Bills have to play the Titans in the postseason, I am shaking at the knees. Yeah, I do so not want to see the Titans. Houston. I think you can shut down Watson. I think you know, I I think Watson is similar to Jackson. I think he can throw the ball a little better, and he can't run it quite as well. Mm-hmm. They were but, overly successful against the Bills last year when they had to go to to Houston. Yeah, no. Which I remember that game. I was uh, playing baseball up in Oswego, and we were driving back, and um. No, we were like barely getting whatever radio station and it would cut in and out. Peterman and scored then, a touchdown. What? Peterman scored a touchdown. Yeah. And then he threw a pick at the end. It picked off. You know how John Murphy says that it's picked off. And that's what I remember. I'm like, yeah, John oh. Joseph went back and scored a six. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. But no, I do not want to see the chiefs, the Titans. No, I don't or, want to play at the chiefs. I, I just want to play the, I just want to play the Texans yeah. because and I'm not, that's not, me saying that I think the Bills are definitely going to win that game. That's me saying I'm most confident in them winning that game. And people are going to say, oh, you have to beat these teams eventually. But for your quarterback in his first postseason game, I'd rather have him play the Houston, play the Texans in his first postseason game, and then you take your chances with whoever. You know, if you have to play New England second round, great. If you have to play Baltimore, great, whatever. You're going to have to play those teams eventually. But for your first game, for a lot of these guys, it's their first playoff game. Right. You know, so you you got to take your chances with the Texans. I'm fully confident in winning that game. And if that happens, I will pick the Bills. I will too. But as we mentioned previous, previous to that conversation, this is a scenario where if the Bills win, they're in. So with that, we're going to get into our game preview of the Bills visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football this it's the first time the bills have been on sunday night football since what we, we talked about it on another show i think it was oh i remember it was 2007 they, got, they played the cowboys 
No, no, and, no, no. That was not. That was Monday Night Football. But they got slaughtered oh yeah, by the it Patriots. Was Monday Night Football. They got slaughtered by the Patriots in 2007, the year they went undefeated. What was the one when Leotis McKelvin fumbled the kickoff? I think that was Monday Night Football. Oh. That was Monday Night Football. Oof. That was a long time ago. That was before I was allowed to stay up till the end of the game. It shows, oh. tells you how young we were then. Well, I mean, the, the last time they played in Sunday Night Football, I think it was like, it was like 56 to 10, some, some crazy stuff. They, they, got the, they got beat bad in that Damn. game. This, I, honestly, I think this game is going to be far different. But, Jeff, give me one of your keys to victory on the offensive side of the ball versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Run it. Run it all over them. You know, I, I mean, we don't know what the conditions are going to be during the game. But, so, you know, we can't really take that into consideration yet. But run the ball. You know, if you want to run those damn draws that I don't like, run them <laughs> if they're working like they did against Baltimore. But establish your run game and go off of that. And that can be said about any football game. You know, that that's pretty vague, the establish the run. But, you know, if you go in there and you can run the ball on them and you're moving the ball, you take the crowd out of it. And I don't think that I don't think that the stage is going to be a factor at all for the Bills. You know, they they went and they they beat down on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You know, that's the Cowboys thing, your your prime time, prime slot Thanksgiving game where you just woke up from your post turkey nap. You went there and beat them. So I don't think the stage is going to be too big for them. So They're I five think, and one on the road. Yeah, I know. It's it maybe good that they're not going to have a road playoff game then, huh? Or a home or a playoff, home playoff game, game. I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> They're not going to have a home playoff game then if they have any. But um, go in there, get take the crowd out of it. And I guess my whole key to the game is just do exactly what you, get, what you did against Dallas. I mean, this game kind of reminds me of the Dallas game. You're going into a hostile environment in prime time against a team that that's good, but they're not great. You know, the Steelers have their weaknesses. They definitely have their weaknesses. Now, you mentioned ground and pound, and that was one of my keys to victory, so I'll get to my second. I'm going to say force that pass rush to play honestly. And go back to the Cardinals game. Go back and watch how Cliff Kingsbury attacked that pass rush with Kyler Murray. What they were doing was they were running a variation of plays where the pass rush they had to play honest. They couldn't just pin their ears back and go after Kyler Murray in the pocket. And once it got to third and 10, where it was or third or third and six, third and five, somewhere where the team might run the ball, they might run something that like a draw or a screen, something of that variety. The defense wasn't coming off the ball as fast because they weren't, they, they were thinking once you get the defense thinking, that's really where you start to find them in mistakes. I'm saying you have to keep that pass rush honest. And with that, activate TJ Yeldon. Damn it, activate TJ Yeldon. For God's sake, activate TJ Yeldon and put, put him in the game plan. I think this is the – if you were going to activate TJ Yeldon at all, the remainder of the season, if you were going to play this guy, this is the game to do it. The, the Bills are coming off a loss where the defense just sent six or seven guys every single play at Josh Allen. And it virtually, neutral, or virtually neutered the offensive attack. The offense could not do anything for three and a half quarters of that football game. And I'm telling you right now, it is going to be the same exact story if you do not counter that, if you do not do anything to force this defense to play you honestly, if you do not just run the ball down their throats. That's what I thought the Bills were going to do against the Ravens, but they chose to just – they chose 
not to. Josh Allen ended up attempting 39 passes in that game. I'm saying you need to establish the line of scrimmage. Establish the tone of this football game by running the football down their throats from the gate. I think activating Yeldon, Yeldon would be a great solution, especially because he hasn't played in how long now? You know, I mean, I think it's just the Titans. To be honest yeah, he you. hasn't played in forever, which, you know, could be detrimental to his performance. But also, if you're the Steelers, you're probably thinking this guy's not going to probably play. You know, you're, you're probably thinking that we don't really have to take that in consideration, that they have a good back out of the backfield that can catch passes, you know, maybe on third and short situations. Or, you know, if you're backed up for first and 20 or 25 and pick up half of that. But um, I lost my train of thought. But, oh, um, what are you going to – so what are you going to think Sunday morning when the Bills PR department tweets inactives and the first one is RB TJ Yeldon? I don't – it's gonna be the same thing it is every week. I'm just. It is. Think, I know. Why, why I the, know. Why, and I hate when I see hell, it every Why week. the hell are they doing this? What? Yeah. Because like, some weeks you can get by with it. When you play teams that don't really have that imposing of a pass rusher, they don't lead the league in blitz percentage like the like the Ravens. Like, no, not that. That's not a good example. But if you when they are playing teams that don't have that superior of a pass rush, when they are playing teams like the Broncos, like the Browns, like the Dolphins, when they're playing teams like that, it's not that much of a concern to me. But when you're mm-hmm. playing a team like the Ravens, who lead the league in blitz percentage, who, have, who blitz over half the time, or you're playing a team like the Steelers, who lead the league in sacks, like, why? Why do you not activate them? Do you need five safeties active? Every single week yeah. there's five safeties active. I don't – I cannot fathom it no longer. Because you look at how – all Josh Allen needs is an outlet back. Give him somebody to check the ball down to. Because in all likelihood, Cole Beasley is either draped on by a corner or a safety or whoever's covering him, or Josh Allen can't see him because he has six guys in his face ready to come <laughs> take his head off like he was this past week. Give him yeah. a check down back. Because I'll tell you right now, while Devin Singletary is okay at catching the ball in the backfield, that's not, so, that's not his strong suit. That's not what he's best at. So – with that, by my offensive key to victories, you might think that I'm picking the Bills to lose this game. And you might think that I'm picking the Bills to score literally nothing. But I'm not. Because and the, literally the only reason I'm not is because of the quarterback that's starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talk about how the Bills played the MVP frontrunner this week. We talk about how the Bills have played quarterbacks this season how they played Brandon Allen. That's the one quarterback I want everybody to go back and watch that game and watch solely how Brandon Allen played in that football game and tell me if you think Devlin Hodges is going to do anything to the Bills on that side of the football. Well, I'm – yeah. I don't think they're going to score a lot. You know, I, I'd be surprised if Hodges comes out and throws the ball that much, throws it that well. You know, I mean, is is James Conner going to play? James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, I think they – they return to practice this week, but yeah. they're both questionable. So I'm not. I, we if Connor plays, it helps you a lot. It helps them a lot. But I think that if Pittsburgh, I think that if, if we're talking from a Steelers perspective, perspective right here, they have to establish the run too, because Hodges is not going to throw the ball all over the field. I don't think he's capable of doing that, frankly. So they're going to try to establish the run too. And if the Bills' defensive line has a game like it did against Baltimore, then they're going to be successful. You know, if Lawson plays like he did. If Star can't believe, still can't believe I'm saying that if Star Latule plays like he did the last couple weeks, 
then they won't be able to do that. But my main concern from a Bills perspective is the Steelers pass rush. You know, I, it's, it's, I think that they're going to come after Allen all night, and I don't know how he'll deal with that. I don't know how the offensive line is going to hold up. You know, they're going to have to keep backs back there to pick up blitzers or, or do something to counter that because I think that they're going to be after him all night because they have, they have good secondary. You know, Fitzpatrick roaming back there as a safety. You can play a cover one and bring a backer after Allen or at rush off the edge. I just, I just think that I'm not scared at all of the Steelers offense. I'm scared of their defense. Right. That that's exactly how I feel. So, you know, I think if you can, if you can exploit the defense and put it, put it in the end zone when you, when you have opportunities, I think this is a really good game for this team. And Jeff and I talked about before we started recording the podcast about score predictions and predictions in general. I'm changing mine. Ooh. I'm still predicting the Bills to win, but I'm predicting them to win by a score of 16 to 6. It 16 to 6. I think they score a touchdown. What's that? Three field goals? Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those games for the Bills offense. I don't think they're going to be clicking like some of us would like to see, but I don't think the Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's offense really has much to impose their will on the Bills' defense. I, I think the Bills get out to a lead early. They score a touchdown with their first drive, and then you see three field goals the rest of the way. I think it's going to be a very slow, boring game to watch on, on national TV, in all honesty. Yeah, I'm picking the Bills, too. I really – I don't know why. I just don't think the Bills are going to lose this game, and I'm probably going to be pretty upset if they do. You know, I, again, I'm not considering this a must-win game, but I think – that it would obviously go a whole lot pretty far if you do win. And, you know, you don't have that uncertainty of, oh, now we need to win to get into the playoffs. But I just I just have no doubt in my mind the Bills are going to win this game. I shouldn't say that because now they're going to lose because I said that. But I'm just very confident they're going to win. I think that their defense is going to shut down Duck, the Duck Hodges, and they're going to play well enough on offense, 24 to 9. I'm picking the Bills 24 to 9. I think that it'll be close most of the way. I think the Bills will score a third touchdown toward the end of the game. It'll really kind of put them over the edge there. Um, as far as the nine, I think the Steelers will score a touchdown. They'll probably hit, kick into that stupid open end of the stadium where the, rip, where the wind blows off the river. I don't know if you've ever been down there. but well, I know um, what you're talking about, though. But, um, yeah, and they'll miss the extra point or something. So 24 to nine. Is, is what I'm feeling. I, I think that the Bills are at a point right now where they're good enough to win at uh, Pittsburgh because this Pittsburgh team, we, I mean, while we talk about them, we should give Mike Tomlin credit for what he's done. You know, oh they, were, they were they were 0-3. You, you lose your, your quarterback who's been there. I don't remember the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. That's foreign to me. When I was old enough to remember football, he was their quarterback in the in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks right. a million years ago. Um. So kudos to Tomlin and those guys for turning it around. It's in large part been their defense that we talked about. We're intimidated by, but I, I don't. I don't think the Steelers are good enough to beat the Bills right now. I, I think that this is a game the Bills can handle and they can manage. And if it's closer than it is, and they win, I'll still be happy. You know, we've talked. I've talked all year about finding ways to win football games in in a variety of ways. And so, however they do it, I think the Bills will win. And I also have clinched the head to head. Um, Picking matchups here for the Bills oh, for between Christ me and you. I think that you I, I believe to out you clinched it. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember my record. I think I, I don't know to, the I, math either. I, I'm you said earlier that you think it's over, so I just took that as it's over. I'm I am what I'm eleven and two. 
something like that. I I, I stopped keeping track after I lost. You're that down. One you you <laughs> you next uh, next year next season. I I've literally been thinking of a system that we can go by. We, you know, we predict the score. We predict the winner. If you get all three right, it's five points. There's some. Well, I'll yeah, have something. Yeah, because yeah, we'll, we'll if it. you're just picking the game, it's kind of – it's not redundant, but it's like there's not much room. There's – I don't know. It's, right. There's only 16 it, games, you know. It's like, and, oh, and, you picked the game right, but you you picked it like 20 points off. So yeah, what, or what you good picked, was the point? Oh, congratulations. You got the Patriots game right by picking them, but you right. got it right when they beat the Bengals. So Right. Another scenario that I forgot to mention – what if Andy Dalton and the Bengals beat the Patriots and the Bills are playing for the division in week 16? Oh, they're going to – Andy Dalton put... Andy Dalton would be a god in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, the, the, Andy da- the Andy Dalton Foundation is, get, is seeing uh, donations skyrocket again. My goodness. If that <laughs> were to happen – You know what the funny oh. thing is? You know what the funny thing is? So I went to the Bengals game this year. And, you know, everyone was talking about Andy Dalton. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? And I was like, he's not – he's from Texas, right? Like, I yeah. I somehow didn't put that together. And, like, when I was at the game, and, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Only time we made the playoffs in my whole life. <laughs> but I just completely forgotten that that happened and, like, his connection to – and the, the whoever the receiver was that caught that pass – Tyler should, Boyd. It was Tyler Boyd. Okay, he, he should get some stuff, too, because he made a guy miss there. You know, it looked like he was going to get brought down toward the middle of the field, but he made a guy miss and ran right up. I mean, the top as of your disappointing tubbing. as it is, I remember nothing after that touchdown. Quite, It was New Year's Eve. I remember quite literally nothing <laughs> after that touchdown. But with that, you've got the Bills winning. I've got the Bills winning. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. I think, But I think the Bills – they clinch a playoff spot this week. I, I think the Bills are going to clinch their second playoff berth in two seasons, or in three seasons, rather. There you go. And I, I'm confident in that. I don't think Devlin Hodges is good enough to beat the Bills' defense, and I think Josh Allen is good enough to beat this Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. I'm, I'm not saying that's by a wide margin, but I'm saying he's good enough to beat that Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. With that, at the conclusion of the show, Jeff, please tell the people where they can find you if they so choose to. You can find me on Twitter at RealJUVino, R-E-A-L-J-U-V-E-I-N-O, and you can find me also on Instagram with my username is my name, Jeff Uvino, J-E-F-F-U-V-E-I-N-O. And don't forget to follow the Cold Front Report on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook as well. That's at Cold Front Report on Twitter, at Cold Front Report underscore Bill's News on Instagram, and Cold Front Report colon Buffalo Bill's News on Facebook. If you'd like to find me, you can find my Twitter at CFR Clayton. That's at CFR, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. And also my Instagram is the same exact thing, at CFR Clayton. And thank you all for listening. And this has been the Overtime Podcast presented by The Cold Front Report.